happy Saturday, everybody. Kyle jumping in here to record a new Stellaris emergency broadcast. I am sitting down. Today is June 12th, Saturday evening, about 7.30 Mountain Time. As I'm sitting down to talk to you guys about Stellaris Dev Diary 215 gameplay themes and balance considerations. I expressed my thoughts on the custodian crew last episode, and I am still madly in love with it. As time has gone on, I am even more interested in hearing what's happening. I was checking out one of Aspec's videos on the topic as well. Um, it's just a really great idea. I love to see a game take the direction of splitting their dev team so that one is working on the future and one is working on fixing up the past. Uh, that is the that custodian team in a nutshell, everybody, that they apparently have been posting uh, extra job openings, you know, growing the teams because of a split where one's focusing on fixing previous issues like game balance, lack of interest in certain uh, packs in the past and beyond. Just absolutely, absolutely ready for this. Um, the other team is going to continue working on the future. So this one starts off. This one was posted June 10th. Uh, so that was on Thursday. Again, this is Dev Diary 215. It starts off, hello everyone. First, I wanna thank you for the overwhelming support that you've shown us with the announcement of the Custodian Initiative. It's been really fun and motivating to see so many positive responses. And for that, we're truly thankful. At the same time, I wanna admit that it's also a bit scary in the sense that we shouldn't have the expectation that this will suddenly resolve any issues you might have with the game or that we'll be able to deliver large amounts of significant changes with every update. So let's appreciate this opportunity and make the best of it. Love it. Okay, great. We'll stop right there for a sec. That's the, that's the initial piece. Uh, they did warn everyone last week. So please, if you're out there and you're seeing people being kind of whiny about this and like, where's the custodian team not fixing it all right now? Why isn't it fixed yesterday? You can kind of quash that right off the bat. They did a great job of tempering expectations in their other piece where they announced that this LEM update uh, is going to be a bigger one. And then in the future, these updates are going to be smaller and smaller as things are getting worked and fixed and polished and X, Y, Z. Uh, but do, do help, you know, keep the community, keep tempering the flames out there. If you see people freaking out, just let them know. It's never an overnight deal. What they're looking at first on the, this list is the species pack gameplay themes. It goes on to say, last week, we already talked about what the Lem update honoring on uh, honoring the author Stanislaus Lem would focus on, but I'd also like to go into more detail regarding some things. We mentioned that we would be adding gameplay to the humanoid species pack and the plantoid species pack. And although I won't talk about the exact details yet, I do want to talk about how we approached it and the themes we chose. Plantoids was a bit easier because there are some obvious fantasies. Going around the themes of growth and plants, we're adding some new traits, civics, and origins. We felt like it made sense to open up these gameplay additions to both plantoid portraits as well as for fungoids. Humanoids was a bit trickier because there are no direct fantasies that apply in, to them in general, uh, so we instead chose to focus on fantasies that align with things like dwarves, elves, orcs, or humans. The civics we showcased last week was an example of how we made something inspired by traditionally dwarven fantasy. I need to go back and look at that one. Let's do that right after this. Um, let's finish this little subheader. It goes on to say, let us know about any ideas or thoughts you have regarding those. We will be talking more about these in much greater detail later, but that may be possibly in August. Okay. I think I looked over the Dwarven Fantasy one last week. I did. I didn't mention that. I, I, I'm sorry. Uh, this is a civic, apparently. Uh, 
where it doesn't it doesn't actually say what the, this is a civic. I mean, they're saying in this one it is, but the, the, the picture last week it goes on to say we will go into more detail about these features in game dev diaries in the future. Uh, but for now, we'll leave it at that. We'll be back next week to talk about thoughts regarding game balance. I didn't know what this was, which is why I looked over. There wasn't any kind of like, um, maybe I should have like looked into the background of the portrait. Now I'm like looking, I guess it is in the in this the, the, the nation developer screen, the, the creation. Uh, it's called Masterful Crafters. A penchant for meticulous crafting lies at the heart of this society. Deft appendages and keen sensory organs aid them in crafting truly wondrous treasures, even in the most basic of trades. It says your artisans are replaced by artificers. Artificers also produce two trade value and one engineering research. Okay. Hmm. Okay. I, 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 I can roll with that. I like where they're going with this. If, if we're going to get more civic options and a refresh like that, I'm in. I mean, it's going to require some balance, but that's fine. I'm, I mean, I want that, right? Like, like, let's have it. Speaking of game balance, that is their next subheader here. It continues... We are going to take a look at reworking some of the major outstanding balance issues that we're having. One example that I want to talk about is the issue with research booming, where power players can essentially outpace other empires due to focusing on a lot of research. What enables this is usually districts that provide research jobs, which is relatively easy to gain access to early on through origins such as Shattered Ring or Void Dwellers, the latter not being nearly as strong. For Shattered Ring, we are looking into changing the start from a pure, quote, endgame ring world to be more of an actual, quote, Shattered Ring that you need to repair before gaining access to the powerful districts of the ring world. Putting additional emphasis on fantasy of resting this ancient megastructure to its former glory can be a fun addition to the origin itself. Although we haven't decided exactly where we're or what we're doing, changing that start to be Shattered Ring, that you can restore the mega engineering technology is a likely route. Okay, so that last part again. Changing the start to be Shattered Ring that you can restore with the major en mega engineering technology is likely start. Huh. Um, isn't that already what it is, though? Or you, those are other ring segments. Changing the start to be a Shattered Ring that you can restore so you can't even f open up your own ring? Mm. Uh, as a guy that is the people they were talking about, I, I feel like I have a lot of advice on this topic and i don't love the way they're articulating their words here my by that i mean i, I like the first part i didn't like the second part i like where they're talking about a power fantasy with the ring world where that uh, it should feel like you're actually restoring this thing but they put it in a really bad i think they took it from an like an s tier origin like a top of the tier thing the ring world down with a nemesis update the 3.0 to like one of the arguably like worst ones you could pick because it's super hard your people now have a ring world habitability bonus and they can't live off of it i gotta say i i, I will just put it this way i will put a red flag warning that i will i will give them a red flag to say solaris dev team i do think you might be making this one unfun so just take that with a word of caution it's just one 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 gamer's feedback but as a guy who played shattered ring for probably like 500 hours of my 700 plus in the game i really thought it was fun the booming of research definitely helped. Um, I was like the guy on the team that would do a lot of the research and then my other buddies who aren't always as great um, and detailed in Stellaris, they don't do all the, the digging in the research I do, right? So they're, they're playing on a little bit of a um, more superficial level. And in that way, my guy was booming research to try and help balance that out multiplayer. We're clearly not talking multiplayer um, specifically. So I'm... 
I'm just a little in the middle saying again, red flag, please don't ruin the Shattered Ring. I think it is kind of arguably ruined right now, or at least my fun for it is ruined. I don't want to make it sound like I'm someone also that like only needs top tier stuff. Uh, that's, that is not how I like to play. I tend not to like to hurt myself though with a play style either. I prefer because again, I play for fun. This isn't a competitive thing. So there's no sweat in it, right? I like to do, liked previously, pre-Nemesis, uh, to do Shattered Ring Start. Now I've done the Tree of Life as my primary one with my hive minds. So I would say, I, or I would actually not encourage people, you know, if they were asking me, like, what's a good origin? I would say, don't do Shattered Ring right now. Like, I don't like it. It's not fun. Uh, that is an encouragement to them. Please go forward. Do some more work on it. It's not good, but also... Look at the comments on that one. At least the way they worded it for me, Solaris Dev Team, it, it doesn't ring great. The idea that we might not even be able to restore part of it until Mega Engineering. It'd be interesting if you started them with Mega Engineering. That would be like potentially crazy OP. But that brings up another really good question that the dev team should probably talk to the community about right away before before brainstorming too much in you know the privacy of their own house, they should probably bring this one right out to the community right away. Are origins supposed to be overpowered at times? Yes or no? Right now, the answer is maybe. And uh, I don't know that maybe should be the answer because they're pushing for a yes or no. Like what I'm seeing here uh, and, and in some of their previous articles was like, you know, we're going to try and take on the origins as more of a storytelling feature, which I'm all about. Like, I love them. They're great. But I got to say, it's just a little, hmm, I don't know yet. I want to see it. Let's see what happens. I'm a little bit negative on that right off the top, uh, but I'm also a guy that's abandoned it. So you can only, well, as I say, you could only win me back, but you could scare me further away. Please don't do that one. That, anyway, there is a conversation to be had. Do players want all of the origins to be 100% equal? I don't know that that's wise. And more realistic, or more maybe more maybe more importantly, I don't know that it's realistic. If this is about player fantasy and setting up a world, like if this it is an origin, right? If it is the birthing of your people into space, I would say they should not be all equal. Not because I just want to kick the butts of AI, uh, but because that's important to power fantasy. Some people are going to want to play. An empire that's already starting on the back foot. They've lost some of their ground, you know, whatever. Uh, they're, they're a disadvantage. Some people are going to want to play at an advantage so they can have an upper hand. And to me, as someone who likes to crank the AI difficulty, I admit an early game start advantage is not unwanted, specifically as we don't have AI that function intelligently. Chicken and the egg for me. Until the AI functions more like a real empire would full stop, just however that means. Like, that should be the real, in my opinion, the guiding motto is like, how does it perform? Like, how do we get this to perform like something you would expect to see on a TV show? As opposed to like, this AI is over there chucking all their people out there a lot because they don't, it's confused. Uh, we get a lot of the, the latter, less of the former. So until the way of balancing right now is you're just like, well, here's more AIs just have more everything, have less um, difficulty stuff, have more benefits tossed at you. So it's not like they're chucking less of their folks out of a, an airlock, right? They're just chucking more people out of an airlock uh, and they're, they're getting a little extra energy from those folks before they fully throw them out the space. 
But that doesn't, again, make the AI intelligent or anything like a real adversary. So I always worry, you hear, hear me talk about this before, I worry about when we change certain origins and stuff or, or components like that and give the players too little. Stellaris, I would say, is a game that is actually generally too hard for most players. I would disagree with that for myself. So power players out there, please don't cry and whine. I'm one of you. I, I find, you know, veteran, uh, whatever the highest difficulty is, vice admiral or something in the game, is nowhere near powerful enough to stop me or even, like, make me hinder, you know, what I'm doing. But that being said, I don't know the answer is to make it harder, especially on newer players. I would say Stellaris is easily, hands down, one of the least approachable games that I have in my library and the least approachable to other players. So... Having certain unity or cer uh, sorry, certain origins to start with that can be powerful is not only, in my opinion, preserving the idea of player fantasy, that some empires will just naturally be stronger, but also I fear if you take away some of the, quote, easy or, quote, starter origins, big yikes, that could be really rough. On that note, too. Sorry, this isn't in their notes. We'll be back in a sec. But this, you know, just in case this custodian team ever listens is taking, you know, like, random advice. This all comes as good, like, this comes from my heart as wanting to see the game grow. Immediately, 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 please task an intern to redo, as soon as you guys redo, like, the Unity and the all this other game balance is happening. We need brand new starting species that are in that list. And they need to be made intelligently for new players. Not for me. I can make my own. Please, everyone take a seat. I'll, I'll make my own. I'll make you one, too, if you want. But the new players who have not connected with the community, who are not on the Reddit, who just bought the game for $20, they got it for free, or they bought it on Humble Bundle, whatever they did, they don't have any friends that play it yet, those people are in immediate peril. A lot of them will pick up the game, they will start it, they will pick one of the immediate, like, starter species towards the top. And I gotta say, I don't think those ones are good. Not for new players, at least. I I got my butt kicked so hard on, like, that um, generic human one they had in there. Only now to realize that I personally... I mean, I guess I haven't looked at that one in a bit. But I wouldn't rebuild that if you asked me. Like, I'd be like, ew, no. Especially to a new player. That's the thing. All the other caveats that are popping up in the back of my mind that I'm not articulating to you, they're probably popping up in yours as well, these little red flags. Again, we aren't the target audience necessarily. If you're listening to this show and you've been playing for longer, actually, if you're listening to this show full stop, you might not be the target audience. You're already in the camp of seeking some form of community or advice or you're like looking around and you're, ha, Kyle's idea has some merit, but I don't like this part, so I'm only going to borrow that part. When you're a brand, 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 brand new player, I usually just start up with whatever the game tells me is probably going to be okay, and that's what I test it with. So, custodian team, as these civics come through, I think it's perfectly on this note of game balancing to fix research booming. I think it's perfectly in the idea of origins. I mean, literally, it's on the idea of origins. We are talking about the uh, Empire creation screen here, after all. They're doing a new ship screen overhaul. I saw that in Aspex video, showed that one off a bit more, where you can fully preview the ships uh, from the ship selector. Get good starting species in there. I am a guy that very quickly puts down video games, so I'm always very defensive about trying to keep new players. Like, when I find a game I love, I like to be... Um, 
I'm like the little shepherd dog out there hurting people like, no, 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 you're going to like this. Just give it a chance. But when it comes to Solaris, we literally tell people Stellaris is one of the best video games I have ever played. However, you are going to want to spend about 16 hours tutorialing it, kind of like feeling it out, you know, watch those videos, play a couple hours, play, play quick skirmish matches where you lose and you learn. I always give people this kind of like, it's going to take time talk because it is worth it. Stellaris is so worth it, but let's make it easier to get them in here. Again, why I worry, if too many of the origins become too hard, it's gonna make me have a harder. T it's gonna make me. I'm gonna make me have a harder time tell other people what to pick. Um, that being said, create a good origin for new players. Create one specifically for them and put text on it. Let's let's like crack get the UI team out there working on it. Now they got the the custodian thing. Put some text in there that says these are our you know couple selected um, recommended starting species based on different game packs too. I mean, this isn't anything revolutionary either. You know, a lot of um, other other games out in the market, when you buy, I, I, I feel like Civilization, Sid Meier's Civilization might be a decent example of this. I'm not sure it's perfect, but like when you get an update or you would buy a new expansion that has new species in it, then you get, you know, all, all the different pre-gen like that. And we do get some in Stellaris, but I just don't feel like they have merit. I feel like they come into the game as a, and I don't mean to be sorry for ragging on someone's favorite pre-gen thing here, but for me, I never play them. I never even look at them. I don't take advice from them. I Maybe that's shooting me in the foot somewhere, but I don't think so. So far, it hasn't bit me in the butt. Right, right, me. Please come join us in the Gilded server, you guys, if you want to chat about it. Gilded.gg forward slash RPN, folks. That is a uh, Discord-style thing. You hit the apply button at the top. Do make sure to hit apply. Just check that you like the Stellaris Emergency Broadcast podcast, and we will automatically approve you getting in the server coming in and hanging out with us but gilded's a little like discord it's just got more features gilded.gg forward slash rpn if you're a revelator member a paying member from the website revelatornetwork.com your roles will be synced over we'll get you some extra perks there you get some extra rooms get to see some behind the scenes things but yeah please please come talk stellaris with me i love this game so much it's why i have philosophical debates about it forever like my friends and i just sit there at gilded and we just talk for hours this needs change that needs change i love this this would put this in a better position this would be highlighted more uh i have a a, a dissecty brain like that like i said it always comes from me from a place of passion with a good bent so let's continue with this we got unity and empire sprawl this is what's going to wrap it up for today these uh, next couple paragraphs are our last it says beyond lem we are also going to take a look at empire sprawl and unity the design for admin capacity was never really something that I felt worked out, and we never finished the design that was intended for it. Continuing to use admin cap as a mechanic also feels a bit like a dead end due to multiple reasons, ranging from design to technical. So we're instead going to look into another solution. I have a design for doubling down on using Unity as a resource for internal management, removing admin cap entirely, and to make sure Empire Sprawl is something that you never mitigate anymore. More sprawling empires will always suffer harsher penalties from Empire Sprawl and will instead be focusing on how Unity can be used internally to mitigate some of those penalties. Examples could be edicts that have a unity upkeep cost and perhaps reduce the research cost penalty in do, uh, introduced by Empire Sprawl. 
Angry Pops could potentially also have a unity upkeep cost to represent the drain on your society. Note that these ideas are very much in their infancy and very prone to change. We'll probably start taking a bit more or talking a bit more about them once Lem has released, but I want to share some thoughts with you so that we could gather initial feedback. That's all for this week, folks. We're in the middle of reviewing our Dev Diary schedule and be hoping um, to be back within two more Dev Diaries before the summer break. Yay! Okay, so very good. We look at two more diaries. Uh, my response to the Solaris team, again, keep up the amazing work. Don't ever let any of my things hurt any feelings. If, uh, if ever anyone's listening to my feedback, it comes from a heckin' spot of passion. Mostly angled at new players. Every time I pick up a game, they are the people I care about. I see new players very easily. So, sorry, sorry, chat. You guys are getting the rough one here. But really, new players are the lifeblood of a video game. So if you love a game, your goal, in my opinion, should be to recruit and sustain new players. Because if you love something, you want it to flourish. That also means you're not trying to attack and like belittle game developers, just also as a heads up. That, that is part of that too. You're giving good quality feedback that has genuine concerns listed and all that other stuff so that they can see it, read it, hear it, think about it, ponder it, and make moves that make other people happy. Unity and Empire Sprawl. I read this out loud on Twitch the other night and was scared as heck when I first read it. I feel a little bit better today. I have, again, it's just the wording that scares me. It's not that I hate these ideas or think that they're absolute crap. They scare me. They scare me. As the guy that is usually on our team that dominates the galactic stage and all that, yeah, there's absolutely something to be said about, like, I have the game really like whipped it's beat I, I own it now like it's simple we play with you know starnet on because we need something harder all that being said not everyone plays that way seriously i doubt the majority of people play that way so when we start talking about imposing more penalties on the player i do feel like it may this is coming from me it may be a misdirection of asset spends for the dev team i truly believe that the game is not suffering a balance issue right now as it's suffering a bloat UI issue right now. The game has so many good things in it that yes, I do advocate for the beheading of the Empire Sprawl system. I do not advocate for a system coming in in its place. I do not also understand all the game codes. So like what I just said may murder the game. My thinking is this. Empire Sprawl does not really serve much of a player fantasy focus, nor because of the mitigation they called out in there, but currently you can 100% mitigate it, it doesn't serve a purpose. In fact, knowing a little tiny bit about some game dev, having extra items in the game, for example, extra buildings, that, that's going to confuse the AI. Um, they have more choices. That's not good. They don't want more choices. The AI, AI needs less, and they should be about like building ships and science instead of uh, synaptic nodes or whatever they might be working on at the time to, to get their empire sprawl down. Empire sprawl doesn't help with the player fantasy. It doesn't help with AI that I can really easily see myself. Um, but again, really back to the player, it's something that hurt. It, it, it just, it just doesn't help the fantasy. And because it's mitigatable, it just doesn't need to be there. It would be like putting a stop sign somewhere that there's no stop, like no need to stop. And, you know, may actually be it's well, arguably what if you're putting a stop sign right smack dab in the middle of the highway and then everyone's like, whoa, I was just going really fast. Now I have to actually come to a dead halt. Why? This is this is dangerous. If anything, um, Empire Sprawl to me gets that level of like 
It is a little dangerous because I see it hurt people all the time. Hurt, not hinder, hurt, 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 like damage. Like, ah, I'm not going to play Stellaris today, hurt. Not like, oh, well, that's a challenge to overcome. But like, you guys, my empire's destroyed. What happened? Oh, you're over your empire sprawl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're getting a 90% penalty to your, your, your tech research. Wow. I mean, again, there's a difference between wanting to put the game down and go outside because you're not having fun versus, oh, yeah, that's a, that's a good player fantasy challenge that I want to overcome. If you're out there and Empire Sprawl is your baby and you love it to death, please, all the more reason, right into the show, Kyle at RevelatorNetwork.com. Let me know why you love it. But I do see a world where Empire Sprawl, I think Stark and I may have talked about this before, but I could see Empire Sprawl just completely vanishing with next to no need to fix it. I, again, double down on the idea that most Dolores players, this is my guess, not my fact, but most Dolores players are not at the level that we should be giving them more negative systems, but instead reducing the UI bloat. There are a lot of things that the game asks you to do, but are not easy to do. And it's not because you are bad at them, player. It is because the AI, the UI, the UI was not designed for it. We actually saw one of these tackled recently. I think this came with 3.0. There is a menu in the game, as you probably know, the resettle menu to move population around. The only reason you should really probably almost ever, most players, the only time they're going to open that menu is to move around unemployed pops. That's a pain in the butt, first of all. It's not fun. It doesn't fulfill a player fantasy very much. Uh, you know, on some occasions, the very start of the game, it can be doable. But later on, it's just, this is annoying. To make matters worse, before 3.0, this menu that you only accessed to move unemployed pops feature the unemployed pops at the bottom of the list. Meaning that not only did you have to go into a menu to move these pops that, again, not really fulfilling to move them full stop, but now you had to go, you had to go extra far to get it. So I have to open this menu, but now I go scroll to the bottom, and then I can move my pops. So UI issue, not a player issue. I see a lot of that across Stellaris. We've talked about that in previous episodes. Um, they've been working on it, too. This is, the, this is just to say that there are props going out where that's deserved, because that issue got fixed. Now the, the unemployed pops are at the top of the list. I do think, we should bridge this conversation in the future, I do think they broke the pop movement thing, or at least... I now get worlds that have like bulk unemployed people on them and they very almost never go off. And that's even with some of the like, that's with the transit hub and other stuff. They'll just sit there and like accumulate. So uh, that one didn't work better, uh, but I like where they're going with it. To me, it's about giving most of the players a fairly automated experience until they want to uncap things. At least that's how I see Stellaris. I always recommend people start with a hive mind because they have less to deal with. You want to deal with factions? Great. Start that a month into your gameplay. You want to not burn out and like quit Solaris and vow to never touch it again? You want to be the person that actually continues playing? Find something that works for you, whatever that is. Because if you have training wheels today, that always means that you could take them off tomorrow. But if you go and crash your bike right now, you're probably not getting back on, right? I mean, let's let's be honest. Let's use the training wheel example. That's pretty, that works out. Give the players some training wheels so they don't crash the bike. They don't cry and run away and like tell everyone how bad of an experience. Never go bicycling again. You're going to die. It's terrible. No, no, no. Just wear some training wheels for a little bit. Get the hang of it. Once you know what you're doing, then you can go on some more arduous stuff, right? 
If you quit now at the beginning, you may never make it to the mountain biking phase where you like to do actual extreme mountain biking. But if we if we if we send you to a kind of a death shoot right off the bat, ooh. So when it comes to all these changes, my my thing, my charge, I would say to the Stellaris team from my angle is please, please, please keep a good funnel in the game for new players. If that doesn't exist, it should, and it needs to, ASAP, because they are the lifeblood. This game seems to be booming and growing, which is amazing. I love telling people to buy it. Do make it simple on them to get in, because it it becomes a little bit of a hard time trying to get certain folks in. Not everyone comes to it with the same level of difficulty, and that might be something that they could look at for multiplayer balancing. Bum, bum, bum. I doubt that's on their list, but maybe it should be. I don't even know if I like the idea, but I think that could be a good one to be thinking about on the side there, gang. Be putting some thought into what does it mean when someone's like four times as good as another player, but they want to play Stellaris together. How does that balance out? Can those players, can those certain players get buffs like the AI gets? Can we choose that in the main menu? That would be handy dandy. I mean, more control over certain stuff like that is great. More in-game finite control. It makes it harder to manage your empire, like requiring unity and changing some of the, you know, the, the origins to make them harder when, when I think, again, too much of the game might already be um, gated from other folks. I would say keep them in keep them in mind, get that funnel worked on, and we're going to check back in another episode. Stellaris team, round of applause. Things have been going really well. I've been really digging it. I will continue to be doing Stellaris emergency broadcast for everyone out there. I have to give a massive thank you to everyone listening. Your five-star reviews are absolutely killer. I love them. They mean the world to us. If you have Apple Podcasts, pop that baby open. Drop in a nice little thingamabobby there. It might play me on the side. I'm trying to open it right now. Uh, we did get, ooh, we got like, we got anti-vaxxer review bombed on the Chaos and Shadow podcast. So if anyone wants to like wipe away the troll snot, um, please, I beg of you, leave a five-star review. If you want to, it's, it's actually if you leave a text, kind of message in there it's all the better that's what hides the other gross people's messages i wanted to call out that running ham on wednesday said good show love this show and the game you you guys do a really good job of pointing out the game issues in a constructive way thank you running ham thank you so much for that they gave us a five-star review huge huge shout out i don't know if i read this one either red fox uh this one's from april i'm sorry Great informative show. Guys, I love the quality and the format on the show. I currently play on console at the moment, but hope the 3.0 changes apply there as well. I hope they got themselves set up. Uh, if you're still out there listening, Red Fox, thank you a ton. Thank you, Running Ham. Thank you to everyone that's leaving five-star reviews. If you're interested, like I said, we got the Revelator Podcast Network up there. Six shows and running. Can I? I honestly can't even think of them all. Stellaris Emergency Broadcast. Valheim uh, Valheim, Kyle's Valheim Bulletin. Literally, my name's and I freaking just marked it for you guys. What's that Valheim show I do? Oh, yeah, Kyle's Valheim Bulletin. We got Chaos and Shadow, which is our paranormal show. We have Pagan's Witchy Corner. It's my co-host from Chaos and Shadow. She has her own show up there. We have Seven Days to Die cast. If you like the game Seven Days to Die, that is another video game one that's out there. Path to Partner podcast for Twitch streamers, YouTubers, Facebook streamers, anyone that's in that space, in the Discord using space, come on our way. Path the Partner got revived. 
Uh, we're working hard. We're working very, very hard. And I will say we are still trying to court that sponsorship with Manscaped. We haven't gotten there yet. So if you haven't pulled the trigger now, might be the time to do it. They don't even know I'm telling you here, but code KVB at checkout. KVB, B as in boy, like Kyle's Valheim Bulletin. Uh, use that at checkout, 20% off, free shipping. They sent me the, the lawnmower 4.0. They sent me some other stuff too. The weed whacker, which looks like a nose trimmer. Haven't opened that yet. Yeah, it's electric nose and ear, tr ear hair trimmer. And then we got the ultra smooth package. Ooh la la, shaving care for down there. This has, uh, what we got in here? Some uh, gentle exfoliators, shaving gel, three blade cartridge. I can tell I haven't opened this one yet. Uh, but anyway, really cool stuff. And if we manage to make eight sales by the end of Jul June here, we are going to get locked in with them for a year over on Kyle's Valheim Bulletin. So please consider picking up a copy to help me. It doesn't really matter what your uh, checkout total is. But if you go grab something over there, KVB helps me a ton. We will talk to you guys very soon. Thank you absolutely from the bottom of my heart from listening to the, for listening to this. We're doing the move in July. So warning, schedules are weird. So I start and I haven't even looped up in a while. He and I have only chit-chatted and gilded here and there but uh we're going to keep things going as summer's moving along thank you stay safe folks talk to you next week bye-bye revelator podcast network listeners we're calling on you we could use your help we're courting our very first sponsor for the network we're working with manscaped over on kyle's valheim bulletin if you haven't subscribed to that show make sure you do it's a wonderful video game i, I could talk about it forever what I'm here to tell you about is that you can get 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com by using the code KVB, like Kyle's Valheim Bulletin, right? So KVB, do that. Get yourself one of their new products. They just sent me the Lawnmower 4.0 that just came out here in May, and it's really, really nice. So check it out. If you got a guy in your life that you want to buy these for or anyone that you want to send these to, they got a whole range of products up there going on now. Use code KVB. You're literally helping the network and this show grow by doing that. Get 20% off, free shipping, KVB, like Kyle's Valheim Bulletin. Thank you so much.